This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley for another week. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, we're going to have a chat with Marie-Claude Bebo, the federal ag minister, about a new announcement to prevent swine pork flu from entering the country, but also about their fertilizer announcement that has been met with some controversy. We're also going to touch on many more, including a federal government's wheat and canola projections for this year's harvest we're also going to have the farm weather market update resource report all in their usual spots this is saskatchewan agriculture today sitting in for jim smalley here's tanner wallace gritner this portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection and farm fresh water. They'll make your water well wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The Ministry of Agriculture and Agri-Fruit Canada has announced an investment of up to $45 million to enhance efforts to prevent African swine fever from entering Canada and prepare for a potential outbreak. Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau said that the funding would be critical in reducing the risk of the introduction and spread of ASF in Canada. Well, this is definitely a, a huge threat to our uh, pork industry and we are working collaboratively with the provinces and the industry, these associations and, and farmers uh, to prevent the uh, the entry of this disease in Canada and in, on the continent. We're also working obviously with the Americans uh, because you know we are a big producer, exporter and actually we export 70% of our production. So if we were to have one case of African swine fever, the border would close overnight and that would generate a huge surplus of hogs that we would have to manage. So prevention is extremely important and this is why we will be investing an additional $2.1 million in our border services, uh, $19.8 million uh, through the Canadian uh Canadian Food Inspection Agency, CFI, <laughs> and uh, the $23.4 million will go through a different AFC, Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada programming, to support the industry. Um, because uh, there is a lot of things that we have to do in collaboration with the industry in terms of biosecurity measures, uh, depopulation. So how would we proceed with the depopulation uh, if it ever comes to the country? Um, looking at some economic um, scenarios, analysis of that. Uh, so there's a lot of work still to be done if we want to prevent and hopefully it will never get to Canada but uh, since it would be so huge we have to get ready in, in case. Can you talk a little bit about what those preventative measures are that you guys are looking to implement? Well obviously we're working with the uh, the border services uh, and we are 
making a lot of um, advertisement or making sure that those who are traveling in foreign countries do not come back with pork producers because this could be a threat. This could be a way to bring the disease to Canada. We want to inform producers as well. And obviously those who are in commercial production are very well aware and they apply biosecurity measures very strictly. But some smaller farms are not as aware and some, you know, backyard uh, producers. And we also have to work with the provinces uh, with the wild, uh, wild pork uh, as well. So there's, you know, all of this that we have to uh, monitor and make sure that everybody is is uh, applying <laughs> the highest level of biosecurity measure. This is very, very important. And through the, the CFIA, so uh, with our, we have to make sure that the laboratories um, are well prepared. We will also be investing in the um, research for uh, to find a vaccine uh, against the disease um, so this is the type of things that we are looking at in terms of uh, of prevention and why make this announcement right now is this something you guys have been wanting to do for a while and now is just the right time or is it because maybe we're seeing african swine fever a little bit more prevalent in places like europe why why make this announcement uh now since my arrival in this position more than three years ago it has been uh, a priority topic uh, and we are working with as i said the industry and the provinces uh, with animal health canada as well and uh, we have seen some cases now uh, in the uh, uh, dominican republic and uh, haiti and uh, so you know it's coming a bit closer um so this is the, the the work is in progress but since we don't we haven't seen any case in the united states nor in canada but better safe than sorry we will have more with our chat from federal ag minister marie claude bebo you're listening to saskatchewan agriculture today covering for jim smalley here's tanner wallace gribner this portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eaves Troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca and Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms and feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Earlier this year, the federal government set a target for reducing emissions from the use of fertilizers by 30% below 2020 levels by 2030. That announcement has been a hot topic in the prairies, with Saskatchewan's Agriculture Minister David Merritt calling an attack on farmers. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude B. Beau said that with climate change becoming more dire by the day, they needed to do something fast. You know, we can um, improve some practices. We, can, we want to encourage as many farmers as possible to uh, use and apply the, the 4R uh, approach to make sure that they are using the the right amount of fertilizer at the right place at the right moment. Uh, so this is this is very important. It's a good way to reduce emissions. We know that many farmers already do to a certain extent, some to the maximum. Others don't even know about that yet. Uh, so it's very important to spread uh, such good practices. 
uh, and others. And uh, so this is why we are also investing to support farmers in adopting these good practices like with the On-Farm Climate Action Fund. Uh, this is a way, um, a program that uh, through which we are giving uh, subsidies, not subsidies, but incentives to farmers to adopt these practices. Uh, so while we are being ambitious in uh, our, you know, uh, commitment to reduce emissions. Uh, we are also providing financial support to farmers. We are also investing in research and innovation. Uh, our living labs are a good example. So we are bringing scientists in the field with farmers all across the country because we re- we acknowledge that agriculture is being done in different ways across the country. Uh, and we want to understand better the impacts of different practices, different technologies. Uh, so this is why, uh, and actually the biggest threat to, to agriculture right now is definitely climate change and droughts like the ones we, we have seen last year in the prairies are, are flood, like the one we had in British Columbia. So it, it is very important. And I would say that I can feel that our farmers are very committed because, for example, the clean technology program is... Um, we have seen such a high level of uptake in this program. So we have, we are adding additional funding into it. So it's great to see that farmers are committed to reduce their emissions and make sure that, you know, their agriculture continues uh, to be very sustainable. And this announcement has been met with its fair share of criticism, especially here in Saskatchewan. Different organizations have stated that this is kind of an attack on farmers and that this is only going to make their job more difficult. What is your response to those criticisms? Well, um, I'm afraid there has been a lot of misinformation into it because, of course, we know that farmers are doing a lot. What the most precious things they have is is their land. Uh, It is obvious to me, and as I just said, uh, the uptake in our agri-environmental programming is is obvious that they care. Uh, But... I'll just take the example of 4R because so many people in the uh, knows about it, but it could, you know, we see that only 25% of the land is being farmed using 4R. 4R. So there's space for more. Uh, and through, you know, by putting in place some incentives, we are hoping to get more farmers to join this, this very good approach Um and uh, it's also a matter of sharing the information, making the best practices known from all the farmers, because we're talking about almost 200,000 farms across the country. It is very significant. So there's still space for an improvement for the, the, the sector as a whole. But uh, once again, I, I do recognize that they are working extremely hard and what they want is to keep their, their soil healthy and we want to be there to support them. And the goal is to cut 2020 levels by 30% by 2030. Is that number have a little bit of wiggle room? Is that kind of a living document where that number might fluctuate? Or is the federal government, is the Ministry of Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, is that a hard number you guys are set on, the 30%? This is definitely the biggest threat we are facing. So let's be ambitious. Let's work all together to go as far as we can. Uh, Some things that 
you know, 30% is too much. Others think it's, it's not enough. But I would say let's do as much as we can working collaboratively together with the provinces uh, and the farmers and the universities and the research centers and uh, those innovators uh, in terms of technologies as well. Um, I think it's a living docu- a living document in in the sense that through all the research and innovation that we are developing right now, there are things, practices, technologies that we don't even know about yet and that we will discover. And we will also have a better understanding and better equipment to measure uh, the impact of these different practices um, and, you know, have a better capacity to measure uh, the emissions, how much we can sequester in the soil, you know, how much we can reduce our emissions. So it it, it will be a, a, a living document or a living uh, approach uh, because there's so much we don't know yet and we are, you know, working collaboratively to uh, get a better understanding and, and reduce our emissions and fight against uh, climate change as much as we can. That was Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. I'm Kelvin Hepner for Real Agriculture and uh, pleased to be joined by Brunel Sabrin of Antera Agronomy in one of Antera's canola demonstration plots here in Brunel. Uh, planting canola with a, a planter, it's been done for quite a few years now by some farms here in in, uh, the Red River Valley. Can you take us through what you're looking at in this demonstration plot, starting with the plant population, the target population here, and, and differences that you found? Yeah, uh, we've been, a number of growers in our area have been using planters now or have bought planters specifically justified their planters by using them to also not only their corn and soybeans, but their canola as well. So one of the biggest advantages to using a planter is the placement of the seed and also indirectly it's it comes down to germination percentage and we're getting a lot better germination with their canola, this small seed, by precisely placing it in the ground. What were the populations that you looked at here? What is the the range that you would look at with a planter? Normally, most guys with a planter are targeting 250,000 seeds per acre, kind of half of what we would be targeting back in the day looking at uh, using air drills. And So with that, we're targeting a five to seven plants per square foot. So what we've done, we've been looking at is how low can we go with canola because the yield in canola is so elastic, it has such an ability to fill in gaps. And we look at canola council numbers they recommend five to seven plants per square foot and they say a minimum of three to four is needed to get 90% or better of your capture your yield potential. So what we're doing now is we've tried a couple of different rates looking at in this particular field. Most of the field was done at 250,000, but we've gone as low as 210, 180, 150. Okay. So our plant stands have gone down accordingly to almost only three plants per square foot. So Was there any significant difference there? This, of course, being a wet spring in this part of the world? Well, germination percentage was all fairly similar. We didn't see much of a difference in percentage where we put less plants, we had less emergence. But the truth or it'll be interesting to see once at harvest time are we still seeing similar? We've done it in the past, the last couple of years in our research trials, and we haven't seen a whole lot of difference between stand counts at different rates as far in terms of yield, but we've the water has been our limiting factor. So in a year where 
Well, in a lot of our trials across all of our crops, the years where we have average or higher yield potential is where these little things can make a big difference. When we're having average or below average crops, they tend to be added costs, but not necessarily realizing any kind of a benefit to it. Okay. Another factor or treatment you looked at here was planter speed. How, how fast you're actually driving the planter while, while planting. Did you notice a difference there in terms of emergence or, or what it looked like coming out of the ground? We did not this year. Now, the caveat I'll put on that, though, is we planted on the 18th of June and it came out of the ground in three days. So we had ample soil moisture and it was next ideal conditions. It would be very interesting to try this again when we typically seed it in early May to see if we could see a difference. We went up to nine miles an hour here and did not see a difference in emergence. So that would be considered. Most guys will try to keep it seven, five to seven miles an hour just to get more precise placement. Once we get into nine miles an hour, it's harder to get that consistent depth and in the emergence. So it'll be interesting to see. What, what about planting depth? Uh, this year we had, again, plenty of moisture. Is it true that we can maybe plant canola deeper than what we originally thought when we used to, when more acres were seeded with uh, in a drill or a seeder? Yeah, so over the span of my career, generally we were always trying to target maybe three quarters of an inch for canola planting depth. Now when we started working with planters, some of the pioneers and planted canola, being as dry as it was, where the top inch was just very, very dry, they said, don't worry about it, chase the moisture, go to inch and a half, inch and three quarter if you have to, it'll be just fine and lo and behold sure enough and I was expecting that we would be seeing a lot of problems going that deep with emergence but I think just given the planter we don't have that on row packing the the seed is all placed at consistent moisture and so we have that nice even tabletop emergence so and we've seen that here this year too where we had ample moisture but our poorest emergence was at a half an inch instead of inch and three quarter downforce on the planter does that make a difference with canola downforce will make a difference with canola as it does with any crop so generally downforce is the extra pressure applied on the metering units to get that consistent depth. So with the planter and having the, the gauge wheels, keeping them snug on the ground. So the trouble we run into generally is if we have too much down pressure, we can cause extra sidewall compaction, which can inhibit root growth. But on a dry year, sometimes more down pressure is better because we pack that, that soil in around that seed so it has better access to moisture to, to germinate. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The 620 CKRM Farm Weather Forecast is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866 and Moose Jock Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair drop-in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosedrawchuckshop.com. Today it's sunny with a high of 24, and tonight there's going to be a low of 9. Tomorrow's sunny with a high of 29 and a low of 12. On Wednesday, a high of 30 with a low of 12. Thursday is going to continue with a high of 30 and a low of 6. At this hour in Saskatoon, and it's 22 degrees. Yorkton, 20 degrees. Weyburn, 20 degrees. Estevan, 20 degrees. Swift Current, 24 degrees. Moose Jaw is also 20 degrees. And in Regina at this moment, it's 22 degrees. The normal high for today is 22. The normal low is 7. Sunrise was at 6.08 this morning. And sunset is scheduled for 7.51. For information anytime, you can check the 620CKRM app or online at 620CKRM.com for any 
Weather information. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Wallace-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley for this week. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com, and by Pattison Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution, fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Harvest Grain... The Harvest Grain Sample Program is being promoted by the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. Agronomy Manager Sarah Anderson explains how the program works. The Harvest Sample Program is a voluntary program and is led by the Canadian Grain Commission. So it's it's voluntary, open to all Canadian grain producers. And the Canadian Grains Commission, or the CGC, have inspectors that will provide those growers with an unofficial grade and quality results at no charge for each sample that's submitted. The process to kind of enroll yourself in this program is pretty straightforward. Um, you can go to, to grainscanada.gc.ca and, and navigate to the Harvest uh, Grain Sample Program from there. And so if you enroll, so I'd encourage anyone to sign up, I think it's open for, for sign up right now, is uh, before your harvest, ideally, um, sometimes some of these apple bags will, will sort of come as things have started if you're a little bit late to the sign up, but the CGC will send you a kit and that includes your harvest sample identification number and postage paid envelope. So uh, again, everything is sort of uh, free of uh, charge as, as long as you kind of sign up for it. So um, with that, the, the growers will need to fill in the envelopes um, with the representative samples. And, and mail them back to the CGC. So there'll be instructions in that kit. And then the samples are assessed by the CGC and they'll email the results to the grower once they're completed. So yeah, we have, you know, our, our, our buyers will certainly do uh, grain grading for us. So this maybe feels like an extra step, but I, I think there is, you know, some good reasons to, to participate on a whole. Again, no cost to sign up. Um, everything is, is prepaid for you. It's another assessment, uh, you know, kind of almost a third party unbiased assessment of your grain sample. It is an unofficial grade, um, but uh, going through all the same uh, grain standards and uh, grading recommendations from there. So you'll have a, some early insight on your grains grade and dockage based on the samples that are submitted. And then that, you know, I think from a from an overall data perspective, that's where maybe there's some really good things to glean on a whole uh, across the whole program. So that crop quality information is published and based on the analysis of the producer's harvest samples, they're built into reports. And so those reports help marketers promote domestic and international sales of Canadian grain. The samples are also used by the Canadian Grains Commission uh, to establish and evaluate the effectiveness of grading factors and to determine if grain standards need to be changed. So yeah, it's a really useful uh, methodology to be able to submit samples to that program and kind of keep our our grades, uh, grading factors and grain standards up to par. And then the sample analysis also feeds into future research on grain quality and grain safety issues. Yeah, so so one one sample submission does go a long way and, and would certainly encourage anyone to uh, to sign up for for the harvest sample program. 
She then explained Pulse Canada's glyphosate testing program. This is uh, relatively new and a little bit more focused on a specific issue versus the harvest sample program. Where SPG is working with Pulse Canada to facilitate a confidential and free uh, glyphosate residue testing uh, program for farmers and agronomists. So I think that everyone is aware that crop protection products, you know, specifically pre-harvest glyphosate, are heavily scrutinized uh, domestically and internationally. In recent years, there's really been an increased attention towards maximum residue limits or MRLs and the role that they play to indicate proper use of crop protection products, including glyphosate. So Pulse Canada has developed a program to, again, provide that free and confidential glyphosate residue testing for farmers and agronomists, just to to act as another tool to ensure the proper application timing of pre-harvest glyphosate for pulse crops. If an MRL exceedance is observed, and again, based on previous data, our expectation is that's pretty rare. We have growers that are, are making these applications at the right time, right place and right use pattern. Um, but, but Pulse Canada and and as well as uh, SPG can help provide support to ensure that future applications of that pre-harvest glyphosate were applied at the correct application timing, you know, to, invo- to avoid these unacceptable residues in the harvested grain in the future. So for more details, and we are you know, just rolling it out, uh, kind of hot off the press right now, but or to sign up, feel free to reach out to the SBG agronomy team, including myself or Megan Reed. Or you can also reach out to Greg Bartley, who's the director of crop protection and crop quality with Pulse Canada. And uh, yeah, we'll be circulating a little bit more information on it as well. So so keep watch for your inboxes for that. That was Sarah Anderson, the agronomy manager of the Saskatchewan. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gribner. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market in Arcola Building Supplies, Small Town Lumberyard, and Big On Service. Arcola Building Supplies... Canadian farmers will harvest more wheat than expected. That is the statement from a report featuring the government's first official harvest estimates that was released today. Canada is the third largest exporter of wheat, which is used for baking and producing pasta, with Statistics Canada estimating that all wheat production is at 34.6 million tons, 55% more than last year, and exceeding the industry's average estimate of 34 million. It would be the second biggest Canadian wheat harvest in the last nine years. StatsCan also estimated production of spring wheat, the largest part of all wheat category, at 25.6 million tons, slightly above the average expectation. We'll be right back. We move water. The Market Updates on The Source, 620 CKRM. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Tanner Wallace-Gritner. Your Market Update is brought to you by Freeze Talman. Get everything you need to finish your projects before fall from Freeze Talman in Regina and Fort Capel. Looking at the latest Viterra price quotes, Durham down to 408.62, feed barley 272.87, canola 798.02, that's down 11 points, chickpeas 925.95, flax 627.67, lentils 704.50, oats 269.53, yellow peas 231.13, feed wheat 289.56, and one red spring wheat is up 6.6 points, the 386.50. 
41. We'll be right back. It's the Livestock Report on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes from Swift Current. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee Brain and Mark Port, direct from Heartland and Swift Current. We had 400 cattle on offer last week. It was all cattle selling steady to strong. Here are the quotations. D1 and 2 cows, $1.10 to $1.24 and a half. D3 cows, 80 to a dollar. Old sin cows, 65 to 75. Good mature bulls, $1.25 to $1.49.50. Medium, $1.25. Feeding cows were $1.20 to $1.38. Big heifers, over 1,000 pounds, were $1.40 to $1.55. Nine weight feeder bulls were $1.70 to $1.90. 1,000 pound feeder bulls, $1.50 to $1.65. Three to four hundred pound steer calves, two seventy to three fifteen. Four to five hundred pound steers, two sixty to two eighty. Three to four hundred pound heifer calves, two twenty to two forty. Four to five hundred pound heifer calves, two ten to two twenty five. Next yearling sale will be September the twenty eighth with fifteen hundred head on offer. For further information, please phone seven seven three three one seven four. Good day and good marketing. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid and brought to you by Western Egg Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. A report by TD Bank is suggesting that the average price of a home in Canada could fall 20 to 25 percent from its peak seen earlier this year to the first quarter of 2023. The report also estimates the number of home sales will fall 35 percent over the same time period. The report does note a drop in the national home prices would only partially retrace the 46 percent gain over the course of the pandemic. Long term, TD is remaining more positive on the outlook for housing because it says population growth should remain healthy, underpinning fundamental demand for housing. On the markets, the TSX is down 20 points. The Dow Jones is down 25 points. Oil is up $3.92 to be trading at $96.98 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up 19 one-hundredths of a cent to be trading at $96.92 U.S. If you missed any segment of the show, tune into the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges that growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. I've been Tanner Wallace-Scribner. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything egg. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.